Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. episode of the fade route with d and z imd i have a great show for you tonight we're going to chat about the nfl draft the top baseball teams in the league right now and ryan Tannehill turns down a big leader role but we'll begin today's show with one of the unwritten rules in basketball being broken gary payton jr was whacked by dylan brooks last night as he attempted an open layup in the first quarter. Gary Payton Jr. fell to the ground awkwardly, fracturing his elbow, and Dylan Brooks was ejected from the game. Ja Morant went on to score 47 points with his primary defender out of the game, and the Grizz beat the Warriors 106-101. After the game, Steve Kurtz said Dylan Brooks broke a code in basketball when he whacked Gary Payton Jr., Z, most NBA veterans agree with Steve Kerr. How do you feel about the Dylan Brooks foul? It was definitely suspension worthy. It's definitely a cheap shot. You have Gary Payton Jr. going in seemingly uncontested and then Brooks coming in from his blind side and hitting him with a clothesline that would make Fred the Hammer Williamson blush. Now... Peyton goes down, breaks his elbow, and yeah, he's done. He's the primary defender on John Morant, so that's a that is a clear advantage now because your primary defender on John Morant is now gone. You need to make a few adjustments. There's, you know, the difference between a hard foul and a dirty play. You can foul hard without being dirty. And we've seen plenty of times, plenty of instances of players going up in the air and then just whacking at people. And that is dirty, especially if you don't know where they're going to land. If you're altering the plane of their path, if you're altering their flight path, that is a problem, because what's going to happen? Like you, you don't know where this player is going to end up and how they're going to land. So, for me, completely dirty play. Brooks should be suspended, rightfully so. And, you know, I don't think it's going to mean... I don't think it's going to matter as much in the grand scheme of the series. I still think the Golden State Warriors, I think the I think the experience of the Warriors is going to pan out in the end, but it's definitely going to be a little bit sweatier now that Gary Payton is no longer able to play. Well, I mean, could you imagine if this was Steph Curry? 
could you imagine if this was Clay Thompson coming off an Achilles injury and an ACL injury? Could you imagine if this was uh, Draymond Green who had been kicked out of game one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a huge problem. And I think Commissioner, Commissioner Silver needs to get on the phone and talk with both teams before game three because we've had ejections in game one and game two and now Gary Payton Jr., a promising player who worked his ass off to get to this point where he's a starter defending the best player Memphis has to has to offer and now he's out possibly the rest of the season, maybe even six weeks because you couldn't give this guy a layup? Like... I just think it's it's wrong on so many levels. Forget about the unwritten rules. It's like the guy was gonna he was gonna score a layup. It's the first quarter. It's the first quarter. He's not setting the tone. You're not on the road, and it was just unnecessary. And now it alters it alters this series. It really does, and it cheats basketball fans out of seeing a team. Out of seeing both teams at their peak, right? Because let's be real, Dylan Brooks is a good player. Mm-hmm. Now we had to not see him for the rest of the game, and then we and then the Warriors lost probably one of their best defenders. So both sides lose. I agree with you. He's got to be suspended at least one, maybe two games. And forget about the nonsense. Like he didn't know what he knew what he was doing. You can't, you take can't a shot. say that. You can't you, say that. You can't take a shot at a guy like that going up in the air as high as he was and know how he's going to handle it, how he's going to land. I mean, that's you, 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 you can't. Not a whack like that, see? Not a whack like that. No, no way. You cannot in any good... You can't in any good conscience say that the intent wasn't there. The intent clearly was there. Grab his arm. Grab him. Yeah. If you don't, grab, grab him by the waist. Grab him by the shirt. Grab him by his pants. Don't hit him in the head. Knock him off course. Mm-hmm. I mean, jeez. Unbelievable. And it's un, it's unfair. And it's, it's just ridiculous. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. But, you know, that we had to bring that up at the start of the show, stealing from the real headline of the weekend or last week, where the NFL draft happened. And New York media enjoyed declaring the Jets and the Giants winners while the Steelers, Falcons, and Titans drafted their quarterbacks of the future. What were your takeaways from the NFL draft? A lot of wideouts. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of wideouts taken early on. Um, I mean, start in the top 10, right? You start with Drake London out of USC going to the Falcons. Garrett Wilson going to the Jets, Alave to the Saints, the Lions trading up to get ahead of the Eagles to take Jamison Williams, and then, oh, you know, no problem, I'm just going to trade for A.J. Brown. The Eagles just trade for A.J. Brown because Jamison Williams was off the board. 
I, I find that, you know, that is amazing. Trey, uh, Traylon Burks is another one from Arkansas, another wideout that uh, people are high on. And ultimately, the guys that the guys that went were the guy. They were slotted where they were supposed to be. Stingley was a fringe. I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if most people had him number three on their board um, to Houston, but Houston certainly did. And I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but. That is the pick that ultimately set the wheels in motion for the Jets and the Giants to get exactly the guys they wanted. They got the Jets got Sauce Gardner. They needed help in the secondary. They got help in the secondary. The Giants went Thibodeau first, and then Evan Neal. I thought that was interesting because I would have expected Carolina to take Neal. Instead, they went with Equonu out of NC State. So. That allowed the Giants to get the guy they wanted, get the guy Giants fans wanted in Evan Neal. But the most important thing here, one quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Everybody else, it was supposed to be two, three quarterbacks, one. And not only was it one, you didn't see guys get picked till the third round. They dropped that precipitously. You're talking... You know, you're having Sports Center specials about Malik Willis and Matt Corral, and then all of a sudden they're they're dropping like stones to the third round picks. So overall, I was intrigued by what went on. The the guys needed to go to the teams they went to, and I I can't argue with a lot of these picks in the top ten, but. We're definitely going to see where these wideouts go because they're that was the that was the draft position that was truly highlighted. Yeah, I mean, for me, I thought the Giants did well getting Thibodeau and Evan Neal in the first round. I mean, I thought Evan Neal was the was a great pickup. Thibodeau seems a little undersized to me as an end. But he's definitely a freak athlete. I I do think he's very talented. I'm curious to see how he transitions the NFL. I can't remember the last time we had an Oregon defensive lineman that was like so uh, impactful. Okay, that doesn't mean he's not going to be. For the Jets, I like the Jermaine Johnson pick, the Florida State guy, edge rusher. Uh, he's older, but he looks like he looks like he can be a player. And I like the running back Bryce Hall from Iowa State. Mm-hmm. But here's where I have problems. Right now, you were saying that you didn't see, you know, Stingley going to Houston. But to me, that raises a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. Gardner is the number one prospect, number one corner, right? Supposedly, or at least top two, top three. And you got a guy like Lovey Smith, who's a coach of the Texans, and says, you know what? This guy's stingy, stingly. Let's get him. And Nicholas Casario, who's the, 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 the general manager of Houston, they're all on the same page on that. That makes me nervous, right? The other problem I have is his name is Sauce Gardner. Like, why is your nickname Sauce? It's so silly. <laughs> 
And he's he's a good player. I've seen him. I get it. He's a good player. But is he number four overall good? Like, we got to remember that cornerback Ross, who went to the Giants, was was a, was picked in the teens. Darrell Revis was picked in the teens. You're taking a guy number four? That's Charles Woodson's status, man. Like, Charles Woodson was taking number four. Is he Charles Woodson? I, that's... That's the problem I have is I don't know if he's that good. Could you have traded back and still got him or got or got a somewhat good version of him? And and again, it's all about your division, right? It's like, okay, he's going to go and, and take away Tariq Hill. He's going to go take away Jalen Waddle. He's going to go take away Stephon Diggs. Is that is that how is that how we're playing defense, Salah? Is that really is that what really we're expecting out of this guy? The other thing is, is, Jer, Jer, um, what's this guy's name? Uh, oh, I like Jeremy Ruckert. I like a tenant, tight end from OSU. He could become really the best tight end the Jets have had in like the last 10 years, right? I mean, he could, he could become that way. But Garrett Wilson at 10 overall, you're telling me you couldn't get on the phone with the Titans and get A.J. Brown? You're telling me that you 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 didn't want to trade that for Tyreek Hill? That's that's the problem I have. I I just don't see it. If you're gonna draft a wide receiver in the first round, he's got to be over six foot tall, right? I think this guy is 5'11", 5'10". Maybe on paper he's six feet tall. What's what's the projection for him? Where's his ceiling? What are first rounders? What are first round wide receivers under six feet tall that? That ended up becoming first round worthy. What are we talking about? Like Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore, Percy Harvin, Santonio Holmes. Is is that is that going to be good enough? Is that what you're? Is that what you want out of this guy? I mean, he's not a Larry Fitzgerald, right? Are we hopeful no. that he's? A, is, are we hopeful he's a Jamar Chase? He just comes out burning people like Jamar did last year. So listen. Right, it, it could happen. I mean, listen, it's a crapshoot. We don't know. But what I do know is I think after you have a draft like this and everybody declares you the winner, everybody's saying, oh, you did great. You did all the – you've got all the right players, right? Now it's up to Zach Wilson, right? It's like he now needs to be the guy. And if he's not, everybody's getting fired. and It's all just a failed experiment. Well, the whole – premise of this was to get additional players around him and bolster that defense so they definitely succeeded in that regard now as far as undersized wideouts who make good careers for themselves steve smith carolina steve smith was he a first rounder though not a first rounder i'm talking about first rounders like i i get you could draft you could draft edelman's amandola's you could certainly draft those guys, but first round, number ten overall, that's like that's like that's like Larry Fitzgerald status, man. That's like that's like um, AJ Green status. You know, I I don't know if I don't know if that's that, and I can't remember the last time an Ohio State wide receiver really blew the earth blew the you know the doors off of anything. And I'm not I'm not trying to shoot this guy down, and he he could go on to have a terrific career. I'm just trying to play the other side of the coin here, and the tr- and the truth is the truth. 
you know, that's all I'm trying to say is, is, is he really gonna, is he really gonna be that good? Now, if they got London at 10, I'd be like, okay, yeah. I mean, this is a USC kid. I think he's 6'4", 6'3". Okay, right. That, this guy's, this guy's six feet tall, 5'11". I mean, yeah, I guess. It's hard for me to get excited for that. Well, I mean, if you're looking at overall position rankings, Garrett Wilson was actually rated higher than Drake London, not only in terms of overall, but at position rankings as well. So he was overall, London was number two. So it is a crapshoot. It depends on the system that you're going to be in. Right? London is walking from Marcus Mariota is your quarterback. And the only saving grace for him is that he has Kyle Pitts flanking him. Yeah. And, so. and Ridley will come back, you assume, next year, which makes them a pretty dynamic team if they're able to, if they, they believe they've drafted, you know, their their quarterback of the future in, uh, what's this guy's name? In, uh, don't have it in front of me. Oh, Desmond Ritter. And then you go and you get a running back and you start building a defense, you may have something. I would have liked to see the Jets get an offensive lineman at four, honestly. Um, and I would have liked to see them, you know, be a more, little bit more creative, like, you know, the Ravens and the Eagles were, and or the Cardinals and the Eagles were. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they teach the necessary skills of teamwork, sportsmanship, and fair play. One organization that we are proud to partner with is Osning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between the ages of 4 and 18, registration for the fall 2022, spring 2023 season opens April 27th with an early bird special. Sign up before June 15th for only $175 per child. For more information, to sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the youth soccer experience with Austin AYSO. That's AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. AYSO201.org. Visa and MasterCard payments only. That brings us, you know, to our next segment. You know, the theme of the last three months with the NFL has been wide receivers. And we saw that trend continue during the draft. London and Wilson were the first two off the board. Then we saw Hollywood Brown get traded to the Cardinals, and we saw A.J. Brown get traded to the Eagles. So what's going on with the wide receiver revolution? Wide receivers are talking about there in terms of age. Well, he recruited Julio Jones to go to Tennessee, which I find very, you know, I, I find hilarious. And then he runs his way out of town. Now... It is very interesting to me. Four-year, $100 million contract with the Eagles. It's $57 million guaranteed for A.J. Brown. Now, A.J. Brown's good. I'm not going to dispute that A.J. Brown is good. But is A.J. Brown in that system with 
with Smith, with Hertz, like, is this going to be a dynamic offense? I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm still not sold. You know, I, I well, get it there, but well, it has to be right. It has you, to be right. Well, no, it doesn't have to be. That's the thing. It, it it should be. For this to be a success, it needs to be. But just because these guys are, I mean, what did we say about the Titans? Once we got, once they got Julio Jones, right? Jones, Henry, Brown. That was supposed to be a dynamic offense. But Ryan Tannehill is still their quarterback, and Ryan Tannehill ultimately didn't deliver the goods. So yeah, but say what you want about Tennessee, they did win their division. They were like, weren't they the number one overall seed? They were the number one overall seed, but I mean, if you look at AJ Brown, five touchdowns, less than a thousand yards in thirteen games, sixty-three yeah, receptions—that's yeah. un- that's an underperforming. That's an underperforming well, player. Well, he also well, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, he he got hurt. I mean, and that's kind of what. I understand Tennessee's point of view, right? It's like, dude, you were hurt last year, and we we won without you, and we and we won without Derrick Henry. So it's like, we we're not gonna extend you and pay you all this money. You know, we can get Corey Davis type player to do what you did. You know, so I get where they're coming from, but I also get where the Eagles are coming from, right? Because with the Eagles, they're like, okay. We drafted Jalen Rieger in 2020. That was a mistake. Uh, we've got our quarterback of the future. Um, where we we are in the Phillies' mind, they feel like okay, we're a wide receiver away from winning our division. And it's like we can cut the bullshit and go get AJ Brown right now, and we're gonna find out if Jalen Hurts is our guy. And if he's not our guy, if we fail this year, we lose this year. We get a top 10, top 11 pick next year, and we're going to get our quarterback, and we've already got our wide receiver. So I think it's I think it's savvy with the Eagles. They were able to leverage the situation, and they were able to get a decent player. Now, yeah. Yeah. if you look at what the Cardinals had to do in order to acquire Hollywood Brown. Now we know why they're after the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing. Now we know why they were so willing to give up a number one pick for Hollywood Brown. Because if you look at Hollywood Brown, not that dissimilar from AJ Brown's numbers, right? Right. Now, 16 games instead of 13 games. And 1,000 yards instead of 869 yards. But, eh, all right, okay, not 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 bad, not great. Twenty-one career touchdowns, less than twenty-four hundred yards. Like, it's a stretch. I get that Hollywood Brown was a first-round pick, but in this system, in this current situation, he's he's not worth a first-round pick. He's just not worth it, and. Ultimately, yeah, we know, we know now because of the DeAndre Hopkins suspension for for performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, six games. Now you're getting AJ Green back. What are you getting with AJ Green? Hollywood Brown's still not a number one. Christian Kirk is gone. Is, I mean, is Ertz going to be the uh, primary target there after Green? He's going to be the primary tight end target. So 
I mean, at least that's pretty decent. It seems like the, a reach. It seems, yeah, it seems like the, a reach for I, I think the moves were made really just to make Kyler Murray happy. He was like, oh, listen, we're going to go get your, you know, your uh, your Oklahoma Sooner friend over there. He's, he's coming over, and, you know, he'll fill the void while DeAndre Hopkins is out. And we just want to make you happy. But how about Ryan Tannehill? He saw his future disappear when A.J. Brown got traded away. Then the Titans drafted Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, in the third round. Then the quarterback of the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, went on to say that he's not going to mentor the quarterback and that his that's the job of the, the coaching staff. What a douche. This is your teammate. Like, why, why, why wouldn't you welcome competition? You're afraid of Malik Willis from Liberty? Me and Ty- Ryan Tannehill, imagine if you had a mentor when you first got into the league, you might have not sucked for five years. <laughs> like I, where, where do you stand on that? I mean, where do you stand on veteran quarterbacks kind of nurturing or mentoring young quarterbacks when they come in the league? The do you worst... think it's their job? Or do you think it's, man, fight for yourself, then for yourself? I can see both sides of the argument from the simple standpoint that drafting a quarterback feels like the beginning of the end for a veteran quarterback. So, now, if you look at the Aaron Rodgers situation with Jordan Love, like, Jordan Love has demonstrated that he cannot play. So, <laughs> that's fine. Like, he, he, because of the suspension last year, Jordan Love got his time to shine, and you burn that tape. But, you end up running the risk of having a situation like a Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers scenario where there's just tension for no reason and ultimately one guy's got to go. So you're just creating tension inside the locker room where tension doesn't exist or shouldn't exist because you're the veteran, he's the rookie, he, he's not, he doesn't know half of what you know. Talent only takes you so far. Truly talented quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. It's what you do between the ears. It's the adjustments that you make. That only comes with veteran experience. The Russell Wilson beating out Matt Flynn scenario is an outlier. So, it while... Ryan Tannehill has every right to feel insecure about his job security. He at least has a season. And Malik Willis, who knows what Malik Willis will be, but he can at least impart veteran wisdom without necessarily giving him the keys to the car, if that makes any sense. I mean, the thing about it is, is like, you shouldn't feel threatened. Like, it's not like they drafted this guy in the first round. And that's the problem I have. It's like, this is a guy who's coming out of Liberty College. You're Ryan Tannehill, which you play for Texas Mm A&M. You've been in the league for seven years. You've got, you've done squadoosh. This is supposed to be your team. Welcome to competition. You don't have to groom him to beat you out. Look at Tom Brady and, uh, and Jimmy G. Jimmy G got traded and became the number one quarterback in San Francisco and got paid. Now, Tom didn't have to mentor him or show him the ropes. He just showed him how to be a pro. Do what I do. Follow how. This is how I watch film. This is what I'm looking at. And when I come off the field, 
tell me tell me what you're seeing versus what I'm seeing. You don't got to be a jerk and say that's up to the coaches. Come on, man. Like even with Joe Montana and Steve Young, I mean, it was it was it wasn't a rivalry. It was like we're we're competing for the job. He's pushing he's pushing Joe, and then Steve would come in and it would it would fush they would it would frustrate each other how they were sharing time. But never did Joe say, man, like that's up to Bill Walsh to coach him up. It's just a dirtbag move. Like you're supposed to be a captain. Like you're telling me that if you go down, if you get hurt and this kid has to play, now all of a sudden you're going to be like his number one supporter, his number one fan and trying him out. At that point, Ryan, it's too fucking late. Like that's why you need to coach. You need to be with him and work out with him and show him the ropes, just in case you do go down. This team still has a team, a chance to win, and and he should be pushing you. you, you I think I think that's such a selfish thing for him to say. It kind of reminds me of when like Matt Castle went to, I think he went to Denver. He went to, no, no, no. It wasn't Matt Castle. What? Who was it? It was Who? somebody. Um. I forget, but it was, he was saying that, oh, you know, I'm not going to be like Tom Brady. I'm going to be my own player. It's just like, dude, why, why are you saying that? You should try to emulate that player. You should try to be like that player. I don't think it was Matt Castle, but um, you should, you, you know, that's, that's the whole point of being on a team with, with a superior player. Like as, as, as Ryan Tannehill, as mediocre as Ryan Tannehill is, He's still been a starter in the league since, what, 2012? Like, 10 years? He's a 10-year pro. Act like a pro, dude. And you haven't won since you've been in Tennessee. They should want to move on from your, your silly ass. I think I think you're thinking of Matt Castle when he went to the Chiefs, when he made when he had that big money payday. But, um... Maybe. You know, I think I'm thinking of that. Or Brock that? Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. That was the guy. Brock about. Osweiler. Right, and he wasn't talking. He wasn't talking about Tom. He was talking about Peyton. I think that's what it was. And he was trying to say, "Oh, I'm going to be my own guy." Look where Brock. Look where Brock Look where he ended up. Yeah. yeah. So it's one thing to talk about; it's another thing to do it in time. And you know, ultimately, Ryan Tannehill. We've said it a million times. There's so there was a lot of potential there, but potential in 275 gets you on the bus. So, that's the thing. He's been an underachiever his entire career. He is now on a team that is underachieving. And he is the head of that. So, <laughs> he, he's the quarterback. But he's just the, be a leader. But just be a leader. And, and that's that's what bothers me. Is like he, he's, he's not being a leader in this situation. Well, and, you know, and the, he just doesn't. After ten years in the league, he just doesn't get it, man. He but is he elite? Is he the leader of that team? Who makes that team go? Derrick Henry makes that team go. So if Derrick Henry puts his arm around Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill's days are numbered. So yeah, hopefully it happens. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, 
licensed and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. I mean, we're definitely going to see what, what happens, but you know what else is happening right now? In Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees and the New York Metropolitans have the best records in baseball. The Yankees starting pitching and relief pitching has an ERA under 2 points and are at, they're averaging 7 runs a game. They're on an 11-game winning streak right now. Right now, they were losing to the Blue Jays, but we'll see what happens with that. It is absolutely... They're playing absolutely out of their minds right now. The Mets, meanwhile, have a a 16-9 and nine record after... 18-9. and 18-9. Uh, after, after beating the Braves. <laughs> after the Braves series, 18-9. and nine, And they're second in the league in batting average. And they just jettisoned Robinson Cano because the team is performing so well without him. Do the best baseball teams in all of Major League Baseball reside in New York? Man, I know, I know this is supposed to be like a New York series, a New York segment, but dude, the Twins, man, the Twins are in first place with a plus twenty-nine winter differential. How the hell is that possible? How the hell is that possible? A team that's trying to lose is is like fifteen and nine with a plus twenty-nine win differential. Oh my god! I mean, it's hard. It's hard to argue with the numbers I mean the Nets are plus the Mets are plus 120 run differential and the Yankees are plus 50 the Mets have not lost a series all year and the Yankees have only lost one series all year I mean it's early but yeah I I mean I do like the Cardinals I do like the Dodgers I think those guys will be problems but that's hard to argue against New York right now it's pretty amazing that the, the Minnesota Twins have the second best record in all of the American League. <laughs> now, but if, if you look at that, the White Sox are thoroughly disappointing. Now, their their pitching has been ravaged by injuries, and they lost they lost Carlos Rodon to the the Giants. And you can say what you will about that, but that's it. Right now, it's an underachieving bunch. Do I believe the Minnesota Twins will be there at the end? Absolutely not. <laughs> Cream rises to the top in Major League Baseball. So, do, do I believe that the Cleveland Guardians will be there at the end? Absolutely not. There's a lot of mediocrity in the American League West right now. And if you're looking around the rest of the league, you know, we got to pay a little bit of love to the Brewers. I mean... Are they the sexiest team? Are they the flashiest team? No. They just sport the reigning National League Cy Young, like Corp- Mr. Burns, Mr. Corbin Burns. And they have a solid team. They don't beat themselves. The Mets... The Mets worry me. As a Met fan, they always worry me. Because if you're looking at this, is what they're doing sustainable because health is always a concern for them. They find new and spectacular ways to go on the IL. <laughs> they, they sc- they're tied for number one in the league in run score. So it's impressive. They're right up there in batting average. They're right up there in major, stati- major offensive statistics. Pitching 
it's a little suspect. They're great now. They're doing very well right now. Tyler McGill has filled in admirably for Jacob DeGrom. Now, granted, McGill lost yesterday, but is he going to be a consistent member of this rotation? Is Carlos Carrasco going to be the Carlos Carrasco from the first couple starts, or is he the guy who gave up eight runs? (laughs) Is Max Scherzer the guy who gives up three home runs, or the guy who almost takes a no-hitter into the seventh inning? So, who will will the real New York Mets please stand up? And ultimately, I think this is a very talented team. I think they're never you're never as good as you're never you're never as good as when you're flying high and you're never as bad as when you're low. This team, I think projection a safe projection 93 wins. And the high watermark, I'm not going to say it's a runaway, you know, 9,800-win team. 93 wins, I think, is more than enough. And as far as the Yankees, it really surprises me. It surprises me how well they're pitching, considering the fact, considering who they have. You know, Garrett Cole has been rocky. Jameson Tyone has been rocky. Nestor Cortez has been their best pitcher. Who? Nasty Nestor, who was pitching tonight, you know, it's it's very telling to me that the Yankees are getting contributions from some unsung heroes here. And that offense, you know, it, it's getting better. It's still not where it needs to be. It's still not where they hoped it would be. And it is very interesting to me that both teams haven't even scratched the surface of how good they can be. And that is going to make for a very fun summer in New York. Well, I think the Yankees right now are benefiting from how well Severino is playing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't expect him to come back and be really the number two um, that this this team was, was, was needing right now. Um, and they're, they're smashing the ball um, exceptionally well. And you can't compete with that. They're putting the balls in play. Um, the bullpen has been decent, right? So they're shutting people down. They're not blowing knees. They're not blowing games. Chapman's shutting people down. And, you know, they're, they're playing. They're not even. They're playing pretty good talent. And Anthony Rizzo. Andy Rizzo is just unbelievable how well he's playing. So, no surprise there. To me, this surprise, the Mets are surprising. Um, I, I, I don't know where it's all coming from, but they seem to not be missing a stride with Syndergaard gone and Dom, Dom Smith playing terrible. I, I still don't see how that guy's any good. Um, Pete Alonso is just run of the you know middle middle of the middle of the deck really. Lindor is having a better year this year than last year, but still not the Lindor that he paid for. Um, They played the Braves. They they, they tied the Braves. You know, it was a 2-2 series. Uh, They they combined to no-hit the Phillies right last week. And I thought the Phillies were going to be smashing the ball, but the Phillies seem to have a pitching problem and a bullpen problem that's Good, good, good God, awful. Their bullpen the Mar- has been terrible for years now. 
yeah, uh, the Nationals are the Nationals. They're okay, and the Marlins are the Marlins. They're okay. So, you know, they only have to be better than the teams in their division. So I think they they have a chance um, to keep this going for a while. I mean, the Dodgers are star-studded, so you can't count them out. And, of course, the Giants somehow put a team together and are playing well. Um, Padres are star-studded. These teams may not be there now, but they're going to be there. They absolutely will be. And you know what? Another team that we were kind of scratching our heads at, the Colorado Rockies, three games above 500 right now. Clearly, the the team is a little bit better off than they are. Now, will they be there at the end? Absolutely not. Chris (laughs) Bryant is hurt right now, but credit where credit is due for the start that they're on. Same thing with the Angels. The Angels are 15 and 10. Do I fully expect the Angels to be there at the end? No. Why? Because I don't expect Mike Trout to be there at the end. Uh, I mean, Mike Trout is coming due for his annual injury and he will not be there at the end. So, like, I'm not saying we're destined for a Subway Series, but we definitely are going to have playoff baseball not only in the Bronx, but also in Queens, that they are, as of right now, both head and shoulders above the competition, not just in their division, but throughout most of their, most of the rest of the league. I mean, they played, the Mets played the Cardinals well. The Mets are, you know, they, they beat the Diamondbacks. I mean, the Diamondbacks are terrible at you beat who's on your schedule. The Yankees, they're playing the Blue Jays tough right now. They draw the Rangers this weekend. So, yeah, well, stranger things have happened where the Yankees could not beat the Baltimore Orioles, right, at at any given point. Who says the Rangers can't pull that off as well? Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. SweetLifeBrownieCo, because there's always room for a brownie. Now, we are also in the second round of the NBA playoffs. It is May, after all. And a few teams will be playing without their star players. You've got the the Heat without Kyle Lowry. You have the Celtics without Marcus Smart. You have the Sixers without Joel Embiid, with that nasty orbital bone injury and that concussion. And then Chris Middleton still out for the box. 
And now Gary Payton Jr. out for the Golden State Warriors. And now Gary Payton Jr. out as well. So which one of these teams could be in trouble? You know, my answer is going to surprise you in this. I actually think it's the Celtics. Mm. Uh, I think he, 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 Marcus Smart is their point guard. He's their second best defender. And there is nobody on the team that could make up for his point production, his attitude, and his defense. And the Celtics are going to need him if they're going to beat the Bucks. I mean, that series looks like it's headed towards a six or seven games. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. He is the heart and soul on defense. He is the stopper. You know, he definitely provides that effort, that energy that you want. And he gets under other players' skin, which is really a nice benefit and a nice tool to have. For me, I'm I'm going with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is that offense right now. Right? James Harden, right now. The rotting carcass of James Harden. Exactly. He's not the guy you thought he was when you made that trade. You thought, hey, I'm going to get rid of Ben Simmons. This is going to be great. I don't have to worry about that headache anymore. And I'm going to get my 30, you know, 30, 10, and 5 from James Harden. He couldn't even blow by Tyler Hero last night. I mean, two nights ago. He couldn't even get by him. He is certainly not where you want him to be physically. That's not good enough. Harden has And if he's not physically capable of being the guy, then they're going to need to put like a Phantom of the Opera mask on Joel Embiid and tell him to get his ass back out there. And Joel Embiid is not the poster child for health anyway. So, it, it, you know, we it's thought, definitely... We thought that we, the Sixers yeah, are definitely we in trouble. That he was, we, th- we thought he was playing... We thought he was playing possum, you know, in, in Houston. And we thought he was, you know, just wanting out of Brooklyn. But it looks like Harden is really just done. <laughs> it's crazy to say. I mean, it's possible. I mean... Stranger things have happened where players just dove off a cliff. I mean, we saw it with Carmelo. But Carmelo just flatlined for the better part of a couple seasons. And he's just starting to come back around. Like he had the, the season with the Blazers and parlayed that into the into a deal with the Lakers. But for a while there, Carmelo Anthony was a lost cause. So it's definitely, you know, it's more common than we think in basketball for a great player to just be done, you know? You only have so many games that you can play, only so many minutes, only so many bumps you can take, only so many times you can drive to the hole. Eventually, everybody gets caught up to. But when you, if you look at it, the Heat have enough that I think they can withstand the loss of Kyle Lowry, at least for a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Butler has enough will that he can will that team to a series win. I mean, Middleton is a nice Robin. He's a good foil. But as long as Giannis isn't hurt, the Bucks will be fine. 
can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. in the second round of the NBA playoffs, but another playoff has started. The NHL playoffs started this week. We'd be remiss if we didn't speak about that. A few first-round series that are intriguing are Rangers, Penguins, Kings, Oilers, Caps, Panthers, and Lightning, Maple Leafs. Which series do you find intriguing, and, do you ha- and who do you have escaping the first round? Well, let's start with Rangers-Penguins after that triple overtime thriller where you had the third-string goalie for the Penguins have to come in because Casey DeSmith, the backup goalie, left with what appeared to be cramps in double overtime. And ultimately, you know, Evgeny Malkin on a little deflection. And that's what happens the longer it goes the easier it becomes to score because that edge, that mental edge isn't there. Igor Shosturkin is now the, has the second highest single game save rate in history, in NHL playoff history. He saved 79 shots. Amazing. 79! So, awesome. the only one guy has more is Jonas Corposalo of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But... I'm interested in that one from a selfish rooting standpoint. I'm interested in Lightning Maple Leafs from the simple fact that it should or get off the pot time for the, the Maple Leafs. Like, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Matthews and Marner and Tavares. Shit or get off the pot, boys. You're going up against the back-to-back reigning defending Stanley Cup champions. It's time for you to show up and show out. And speaking of showing up and showing out, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, you guys better fucking show up too. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the Oilers and I'm looking at the Kings. And you know what? I believe the Kings already are up one nothing in that series. So way to go, Edmonton. Don't tell me that Connor McDavid is the next one when he can't even get out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, well, the, like you said, the Rangers and the Penguins played six periods last night. But, I mean, I'm definitely paying attention to the Rangers-Penguins series just because I'm a Ranger fan. Uh, Penguins walked away with a 1-0 lead. I'm curious also to see if the defending champs can repeat. I want to see if the, the, uh, if the Lightning could take out the Maple Leafs uh, with their 
their number one scorer on the other end. Uh, so those those are really the two series that I'm looking I'm looking forward to. Uh, I have the Avalanche advancing out of the first round. They're just super talented. I think they they destroyed Nashville. They put seven goals on them last night. I think. Um, yeah, Nashville like is not where they used to be. No, Nashville yeah, is definitely. And I love and I love and I love the Predators. I, I think it's a I think Nashville is a great hockey town. Um, I like the Blues. Uh, over the Wild, I like the Kings over the Oilers, which would be devastating, really. Uh, I like Dallas over Calgary. I like the Caps over the Panthers. I think the Caps are my dark horse this year. Uh, Hurricanes are laying the stick to the Bruins right now, so I have them. I have them, you know, going to continue on to beat the Bruins' brains in that series. Um, I'm hopeful for the Rangers, man. I'm hopeful, but you know, losing the first game at home. I mean, game one could either go either way, right? Yeah. Um, you just don't want to lose game two. You don't want to be down 2-0. I think if you're down 2-0, 80% of the time, the team that's up 2-0 wins the series. So, gotta gotta come back and bounce back from that one. And um, I want to see the Lightning advance. I just think it's going to be hard. Three years in a row, their players got to be exhausted. So I think this is the year the Maple Leafs actually you know, advance and do well. I mean, we'll see about that. Um, as far as like a dark horse, it, it's really hard to say because everybody who should be here is here. And... I mean, if you are going to kind of pick an outside-the-box team to kind of be that darling, you probably need to go with the Kings, right? Like, the biggest upset would be the Kings over the Oilers. No, the biggest upset would be Lightning over the Maple Leafs. No, absolutely not. (laughs) The Maple Leafs are loaded with talent. Don't, Don't buy into that. That is a bunch of crap. That is a bunch of Canadian crap that you are spewing. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, Mr. You know the Kings. I mean, they're they're up and coming again. They hit the doldrums for a while. For them to take out the supposed best player in the NHL, like that, definitely says a lot. Bruins, allegedly. yeah, allegedly, uh, uh, totally. Oh. Uh, Bruins and Hurricanes should be a much better series than it's letting on. We're going to see. We got to monitor Panthers caps because of Ovi. If Ovi, I mean, Ovi's been dealing with some injuries, but that team, you have TJ Oshie, you still have plenty of guys on that squad that can make it difficult for the Florida Panthers. And, you know, the onus out of the Western Conference, you know, it's got to be Colorado. Like, it yeah. has oh, to be. Definitely. Colorado is too talented. Yeah, their major changes need to be made if Colorado does not get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, they're not gonna. Okay, um, I think that Calgary has probably got a decent shot. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. That's right. Now, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, I would... Selfishly, I want the Rangers in the Stanley Cup, of course. You know, being a Ranger fan, it's just it is. Road. It is. You need to win 16 games against, first of all, blood rivals, yeah. blood friggin' rivals in the Penguins, the guys who knocked you out of the bubble, potentially in the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes, and then the two time defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning. The Eastern Conference 
that's going to be murderer's row, man. So if the Rangers make it to the cup, the Rangers will have earned that shit. And if they win the cup, the Rangers will have earned that shit and have exorcised the demons. And you know what? The Rangers need to exorcise some demons. Because we want the cup. More or less? All right, boys and girls, you know how this goes. We have a statement. And it's either more likely or less likely that it's going to happen. More or less, number one, Desmond Ritter will rise to the occasion and replace Matt Ryan as the Falcons franchise quarterback. Yeah, man, I like this one. I'm, I'm more likely on this. He's 6'4", he's out of Cincy. He feels like he has something to prove. He was very serious when he got drafted. He seems eager to get started. The Falcons have weapons. They got Ridley when he comes back you know, in two years. You got uh, Drake London, wide receiver out of USC, tall wide receiver. And you got Kyle Pitts, probably the best tight end in last year's draft. They're really just a running back away and a couple of defenders away in a division that is all of it is going to be rebuilding over the next five years. I'm going less likely. I'm definitely going less likely because coming out of coming out of Cincinnati, you're not playing the necessary competition that is going to make you a better NFL prospect. Same problem that Malik Willis is going to have coming out of Liberty. You're not scheduling the quality teams that run pro-style offenses and defenses that are going to make you up your game. Desmond Ritter had a fantastic season. I'm not disputing that. Over three, over 3,300 passing yards. You're looking at 30 touchdowns. Let's see what happens when he's not a man among boys. Let's see what happens when he actually plays guys that are bigger, guys that are faster, guys that hit harder, guys that are smarter and tougher. Now, you mentioned the weapons around him. I'm concerned about the offensive line. He's more mobile than Matt Ryan, but that goes without saying. Like, I mean, I have a chair here. This chair is more mobile than Matt Ryan. But defense, are they going to be competitive on that side of the ball? Because if they're not competitive on that side of the ball, it doesn't matter what Desmond Ritter does. This team, I mean, he could very well have a 10-year career and be a fantastic compiler of stats and not go anywhere because the the other players around him still haven't been built up. And that's been the bugaboo of the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm going to go less likely just based on track record of the franchise. More or less number two. Trevor Story will replace Xander Bogarts at shortstop. Ugh, this is a tough situation, especially with Boston struggling right now. I mean, Story has a long-term contract, so I see Story being the guy long-term, so I'm going to say more likely. Well, Bogarts is also a free agent at the end of the year, so they can certainly you know, just let him walk if they so choose. Right now, Bogarts is certainly the better performing player. But, like you said, they have so much invested in Trevor's story. 
that it would behoove the Red Sox to make the move and just let Trevor Story be the guy. Now, Xander Bogarts has been a great Red Sox, you know, 291 career batting average, 142 homers, three-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, four-time Silver Slugger. His creds, his bona fides, they are impeccable. His resume in Boston is excellent. But he may have priced himself out of the market and the acquisition of Story may have sealed his fate there. But the money talks and Bogarts is going to walk. More or less number three, the Cincinnati Reds will lose more than 110 games this year. Jeez, they're awful. They're currently 3-20 and 20 with a minus 68 run differential. Need I say more? I'm going uh, more likely. I mean, it's it's awful. It's just, it's, it's awful. Let's go, I mean, granted, a lot of these guys will not be there at the end of the year. Let's be real. But Buck Farmer, Luis Sessa, Jeff Hoffman, Tyler Maley's probably going to get traded. Hunter Green is their top prospect, so he's not going anywhere. But, you know, he's probably going to be like, what the fuck am I doing here? Uh, the immortal Art Warren. Art. Artie. Good for you. And then, you know, Tyler Stevenson. They found the rotting corpse of Brandon Drury and Colin Moran. Mike Moustakis is probably going to get dealt at some point. And Tommy fam, Tommy, I want to fight everybody in the world fam. Like, where are the... Somebody tell me, please, where are the wins coming from? And with this rotation, with this rotation in that ballpark, it is going to be a long summer. The ball flies. <laughs> He's going to rocket up his ass to catch this one. <laughs> oh, my God. Back goes Serrano. And again and again and again. Christ, oh, I can't find it. Oh. Post games brought to you by Christ, I can't find the hell with it. But I just don't see where the wins are coming from. And, you know, the, any veteran here who has a pulse is probably going to get traded. And, and not for anything good. So it's, it's amazing. It's, I mean, we're going to see. Luis Castillo is probably going to come back and immediately get shopped. Jonathan India is down for a while. No hope. Sorry, Cincy. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We have a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ. We put up that poll after the show, and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and and you you vote, vote. And you vote. And then next week, we give you the results of the poll. And do you know who won the poll last week, Dave? I don't. So, 
the guy who took home the ass, the alleged superstar statue, is none other than the dick kicker Chris Paul himself. <laughs> well done, Chris. It's a kick in the dick for you. So, who are your nominees for the alleged superstar of the week this week, Deep? All right, first up, I've got Dylan Brooks whacking Gary Payton Jr. as he was going up for a layup, causing him to fracture his elbow. You broke an unwritten rule in basketball. Mr. Dylan Brooks, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Next up, I have Ben Simmons, repeat offender, getting back surgery on Thursday. Thursday, Ben? Why? Why didn't you get this done months ago? You could have played this year. Ben Simmons, you continue to be the alleged superstar of the universe. And last, and certainly not least, the Cleveland Browns. You don't trade Baker Mayfield. You have lost all leverage going into the season. Cleveland Browns management, you are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you have, Z? All right, so we're sticking mostly to football, but... We're going to start with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, you claim to be a leader on this team. You claim to be a quarterback. You claim to be the guy. And yet, you're not going to pay it forward. You're not going to mentor a guy in Malik Willis who is not an immediate threat to your job, at least not immediately. He's coming from a small college. He's coming from a program that doesn't give a lot of NFL prospects. It doesn't give a lot to the league. So there's an awful lot to learn. And you big time this kid. For what? Ryan Tannehill, you are my alleged superstar of the week. DeAndre Hopkins for testing positive for a performance-enhancing drug. Not just any performance-enhancing drug, but a a beaver tranquilizer. (laughs) What? Why? Why? A low-grade one, too. It's like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what? If you're gonna use something, make sure it's a high-grade. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I have a, a more standards. I have higher standards for my beaver tranquilizers. But DeAndre Hopkins, you are my alleged super, superstar of the week. And last but not least, the NFL. You're back again. The schedule's released. And we're back in Europe again. And not Together just, again. Together again. And not even London, right? Oh, you're in London. The Giants are playing the Packers in London. But Germany, really? Are you kidding me? Like, why? Are, why? It doesn't work. It does not work. It didn't work when NFL Europe was there. It did not work. It, it, it's not working with the London games. It, it's just not a good idea. Stop. 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 NFL, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And we have made our case, ladies and gentlemen. The polls will open shortly. And for our nominees, 
Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up! All right, boys and girls, it is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the top five best nicknames in all of sports. Now, nicknames for athletes, not nicknames for teams. Maybe that'll be another day. But for now, it's athlete nicknames. From five to one, who you got, Steve? All right, so first up, uh, I don't really, I don't usually consider race car drivers to be athletes, but Dale Earnhardt had an awesome nickname, The Intimidator. He was good at racing. He was nicknamed The Intimidator because of his incredible ability to spin off other racers and pass them. Number four, prime time. Deion Sanders was probably the best two-sport athlete to ever play. He was an elite cornerback for the Redskins, Falcons, Ravens, 49ers, and Cowboys, and an outfielder for the Braves, Yankees, Reds, and Giants. Deion was prime time. Tim McCarver's favorite player. Yeah. Number three might surprise you. I have the truth. I just think it's a stellar nickname for a player. I was called the truth once or twice. Uh, <laughs> Paul Pierce earned this nickname in Boston for being as advertised. Ray Allen might have taken all the big shots, but Paul was the best player and leader of those late 2000 Boston teams. Number two, Magic. When you are so good at a sport that they nickname you Magic, and that becomes the, your first name, Man, you're good. Man, you're obsessional. Exceptional. NCAA champion. Five-time NBA champion. Three-time finals MVP. Three-time finals. M- uh, three-time MVP. And gold medalist. He's one of my favorite players of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore of NBA players. Oh, Kareem can't play center tonight? No problem. I'll play center and we'll win the championship. Best Laker of all time. So good. And number one. He's probably going to be your number one, too. But it's the great one. I mean, Wayne Gretzky. I mean, he owns almost every hockey record worth talking about. Points, goals, assists, hat tricks. There's a reason why he was called the great one because he well, he was he is the great one. Z, what do you got? All great choices. All great choices. Now, we got to go we're spanning all of history, right? So, of we're going to have to we're going to have to start, you know, very early on. The Babe. Babe yes. Ruth. Good. Ruth. Saved the game of baseball. 
And you know what? He was a big baby, but he delivered. He delivered a lot. Number four. Number four, you're looking at Iron Mike Tyson. Like, come on. That man absolutely intimidating. Scary to this day. Do not go up to Iron Mike Tyson on a plane. Do not go near him. He will knock you the fuck out. So Iron Mike definitely living up to his name. Number three, the answer. Like I just I love that nickname. Alan Iverson, you know, he had a little bit of a Napoleon complex in him. He didn't like to practice, but when the lights were on brightest, he always he always, always, always seemed to deliver. Number two, I can't stand him personally, but you gotta respect the nickname, the big unit, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson is a and he was a big unit. He's a, he's a big boy. He's absolutely a big boy. And he's throwing absolute gas. I love how you say, I can't stand him personally, but he still made my list. I can't stand him. It has, it has nothing to do with him personally. It has to do with the nickname, you know? And, and the nickname is a fine nickname. And number one, you can't argue with the great one. Like the, Wayne Gretzky did everything that you can do in a sport to revolutionize it, to make it relevant, popular, and cool. Who didn't want to be Wayne Gretzky? Nobody. Anytime you play hockey, even kids today want to be Wayne Gretzky. You can keep your Connor McDavid. You can keep your Sidney Crosby. You can keep your Alex Ovechkin. Give me Wayne Gretzky every day and twice on Sunday. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.